This episode of the Last King Podcast is brought to you by Mythological Creatures. Because cats and dogs are just fucking boring. Another awesome ragtag episode of the Lasting Podcast. Take I'm, two. Yeah, take two. Take two. <laughs> we got some technical difficulties, but I think we got it all sorted out. Shout outs to Virtual Audio Cable in their trial mode. God damn it! <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Mr. Tuffy. And I'm still Dr. Shafik, PhD in magic, mechanations, and mask. Masses, masses, Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> now we've all talked about magic quite quite a bit before. First, we were talking about Doctor Strange, that pretty awesome movie from Marvel a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. A and few episodes. Shout out to our uh, Stranger Danger episode. Or what do we eventually call it? Max and I Magic. Think Max and Magic. Yes, Please yes. listen to Max and Magic, where we shit all over Doctor Strange. No, actually, no. We kind of enjoyed it. But now we've got another movie that Shafiq, Doctor Shafiq, recently checked out. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay, so, okay, in lieu, in light, okay, uh, now it's the Christmas period. And what better way to celebrate Christmas than with another J.K. Rowling movie franchise? I'm talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. So, was it as fantastic as everyone had you believe? I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Okay, maybe some <laughs> context, because I have I never seen the film. I know about the Harry Potter series, like, a little bit. Like from the Chamber of Secrets to God knows how many <laughs> times students died. There have been seven class. movies, right? Seven, holy Dating shit. Dating back all the way to 2001, like Lord of the Rings era. Dude, you're making me feel... You're making us feel old already. Dude, I did the research watching like the first Harry Potter movie again because apparently the one thing that will affect your viewing experience of Fantastic Beasts is a lot of the lore, a lot of like the Harry Potter universe will be referenced. So if you're a muggle like me who have no idea what the fuck is going on in the Harry Potter universe, right, you will kind of get lost. Now, now some context, some context, like what happens in Fantastic Beasts? Well, okay, apparently Eddie Redmayne, being extremely fucking British, plays Newt Scamander or Salamander. Well, anyway, he is the guy who writes the textbook Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which I think exists in the Harry Potter universe. I mean, his name does pop up here and there in the franchise. I'm pretty sure all the Last King Harry Potter fans out there will definitely correct me. Please do do leave a comment or like you know just tweet back at us at Last King Podcast and like tell me like if I get anything wrong or if there's something that you know has flown over my head because a lot of things eventually and essentially did fl- fly over my head I was kind of lost into what it is I'm supposed to understand or s- supposed to be paying attention to because a lot of these references like were thrown at me and I felt like it was a bit difficult to follow the story because there was just all these things that I felt like okay do is this important is that important but you know shout outs to the back row now my viewing experience of this movie Mr. Toffee I believe it was a midnight screening it was a midnight screening the best time to get seats especially in Singapore okay people fucking talk through a movie that annoys the fuck out of me especially when it's a big franchise film like this or even like a Marvel movie now Usually, I would rail against people who couldn't shut the fuck up in a cinema, but I was very lucky. On viewing of this film, I was sitting right in front of a row of very 
audible Harry Potter fans. And I'm saying like, they were giving me director's commentary throughout the entire flick, helping me kind of bridge the gaps and fill in the blanks of what it is I am not understanding. Like usually, if I hear anybody talking in the cinema, I'll be one to just stand up and tell them to shut the fuck up. But one of these guys, like, who was kind of explaining and over-explaining also to his friend, helped me kind of understand too what was going on in this. Shout-outs to the asshole at the Sh- back. Shout-outs to this that doing... one asshole, yeah, to, you know, who, who, who actually helped make the movie move <laughs> along, so to speak. Now, okay, maybe a little bit of a synopsis. Yes, please, please. So Eddie Redman plays Newt Scamander. He arrives in America on the sole purpose of releasing one of his fantastical beasts in America. I think it's like some giant griffin, lion, dog. It's a big bird that has... Puppy body. But no, there are tentacles in this movie, unfortunately, (laughs) but not in a sexy Japanese way. But okay, so he arrives in America, and immediately there creates some sort of tension between the American magic circle and the British magic circle. So there's a lot of like, oh, USA, USA versus you know, UK, UK. So, on his way to release this beast, he happens upon or he literally just bumps into uh, Kowalski okay played brilliantly by Dan Fogler of Balls of Fury fame oh hell yeah that <laughs> he guy. cleaned himself up rather nicely for this movie nice. and like it's nice to see him not loud and obnoxious but rather subdued and also kind of playing the human who is literally the exposition magnet everything will be explained to him he is us he is me i am the audience member trying to understand or like you know feel amazed or like enter this world and uh, i mean i think it's just clever storytelling or clever screenplay writing right but you definitely need somebody like dan fogler especially in a movie which has all this lore you need that proxy yeah you need that one guy to have a character explain things to him so in in essence he's explaining things to you so kowalski uh, has a similar suitcase. I won't even say similar suitcase. I mean, it's just literally the two of them unfortunately switch suitcases. Mm-hmm. So Kowalski goes home with the magic fantastical beast suitcase. Now, this Newt Scamander character, he is like a... I wouldn't say like a... like a wizard, but he seems to be a kind of a... He is the fucking David Attenborough of the universe. He is oh, indexing... Oh, National Geography guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's, he's literally just like indexing and uh, co- like compiling and just collating all this information about Fantastical Beasts, okay? So he's like some uh, you know, magic creature nature dude, okay? So what happens is the Dan Fogel character, uh, character Kowalski unleashes, opens up the case, and all these Fantastic Beasts run around 1920s New York. Tell me about the monsters that come out from the suitcase. They all have funny names. <laughs> a lot of them, like like the kids behind, were like, "Ooh, that's a a, a, a paraffin grinder, or that's a puffle waffle funder, that's a little cocksucker." <laughs> I don't. I have no idea, man. Like, as I said before, this is a midnight screening. I was trying to stay awake, but okay. Um, I mean, let me. They border between fantastical, large, and like, you know, kind of cool to cute. You know, I mean, it's literally a Pokemon movie, okay? You gotta catch them all again. Oh, so, I mean, that to me would be the most fun I had watching this movie, was just watching them kind of go on all these multiple fetch quests and how they have to uh, retrieve all these escaped fantastical beasts and like put them back in the suitcase. 
I noticed you haven't actually mentioned the female lead of this story. Um, Tina. Tina, yeah. Yes, Tina. played by Catherine Watterson. So she's like a detective of sorts. Is she or is she uh, just the American wizard who helps out Eddie Redmayne's character? Okay, I think she's kind of more uh, propped up to be like a love interest. Unfortunately, okay, one of the things about her character is a little bit one-dimensional. Even though she does have a kind of a, a story arc per se. But I would think that uh, Catherine Watterson's character basically is just, I would say, like, you know, just the, the necessary female lead to kind of be paired up against Eddie Redmayne, who I feel was way more British than normal. <laughs> so it is like a very over-the-top kind of British acting. He has surpassed Hugh Grant in terms of befuddlements. Overly polite. Yeah, overly polite, apologizing for everything, tripping all over himself. You know, and uh, like, okay, props to Academy Award winner, Eddie Redmayne. So Mm -hmm. compared to this performance and his stellar work in Jupiter (laughs) Ascending. Pun intended. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending. How how's it compared? Much better in this one? I will say Jupiter Ascending, he was a lot more subdued. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god No no okay, okay. From 0 to 10 There's no middle ground There's I mean like Okay I wouldn't blame His performance In uh, in Jupiter Ascending Too much on him That was probably A Wachowski choice Okay and Wachowskis Are very known To not have A middle ground Okay okay Shout out to the Wachowski siblings Sorry Okay they're not Brothers anymore yeah, yeah. Okay but Okay the thing about Eddie Raymond His character Kind of got on my nerves Very quickly Like he was I would say just overly polite and just pushing the Britishness of himself. Like you see him in interviews and he kind of has, you kind of see that he is really that character. And I'm pretty sure that as part of his, uh, I mean, uh, of this nude character, he just had to push the British like probably to the extreme, like all like full British on every oh, on every situation. So he's constantly like you know, like look looking at you with his sad puppy dog eyes, apologizing. Uh, I'm I'm so sorry. I've I've let my fantastic beasts. Out. Uh, I should really fix the lock so on my that's suitcase. So like two and a half hours of all of that from your main character. Well, the thing is, yes, this movie does spend a very long two and a half I hours. I was just making a lucky guess. I didn't know it was actually two and a half hours, dude. Dude, okay, now this movie. Similar to Doctor Strange, it's suffering from Marvel movie setup origin. We're kind, of, we're gonna expand on this, and everything is gonna be left open ended. But we need to like stuff in as much references, as much filler, as much like fan service as possible, and that really got on my nerves because it doesn't slow down the story. But at the same time, I felt like. I like you. It's like going to an exam and you didn't do your homework. Uh, it's right, like, oh, right, uh, right. I have no idea what this is supposed to mean or what reference is. But then again, shout outs to the back row for kind of helping me out and like, oh, okay, fleeing the blanks. Okay, now that said, so this movie just feels like, okay, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you're going into it. Yes, I will enjoy all the references here and there. So, Definitely. does it feel very panderish, despite the fact that you've done your research and everything? I wouldn't even say pandering. Okay, here's the problem. The thing is, I'm not a fan of the series. Okay, I've probably seen two movies out of the entire Harry Potter seventology or Sinto- quinto. Ah, fuck it. Okay, there's a number. There's, there's a number there. Okay. <laughs> the word doesn't exist, but we're making it a word. Okay, I'm a doctor in magic, not math. But. Okay, the problem is, right, I do not know whether it is pandering or whether it's just fan service or whether it's essential to the story, which made me kind of trip over the plots and a lot, on the arcs 
few times. Now, there's not just one story going on. It's not just about this uh, asshole coming to America trying to retrieve all these fantastical beasts that escaped. There's also another subplot involving Jeez. another character. Okay, Colin Farrell plays Graves. Now, Graves and the female lead, the Tina, okay, they are connected because they're part of Macusa. Now, Macusa is what I understand to be the American Magic Association. And, like, but okay, one thing that I did enjoy was a lot of the... Rara Boomba, like the it's the American school of magic versus the English school of magic, so it's I mean it was kind of like fun to see that you know the the back and forth you know. Okay, okay. But at the same time, so Tina is apparently a disgraced uh witch of Macusa, like a wizard witch. She was like probably in a much more uh, important role, and then like through some fuck up, she gets like knocked down to like uh she she's basically in charge of one permits okay and then like so there's like a low class kind of job or low I guess it's like she's down the ladder like there's a scene where they show off her office and she's literally the only one there because it, like the typewriters are magical they write their own reports fucking bureaucracy man yeah I had a lot of those like yo I had flashbacks to like that scene in Jupiter like Ascending Rising yeah this is Jupiter Ascending like that Terry Gilliam cameo like that whole, whole look at all the look at the bureaucracy oh, look basically at the, the Brazil uh, nod yeah Probably, I mean, but, but like, is, is, there was this whole scene where we just see how sad and how like, basically, her redemption is if she were to bring Newt Scamander to like this uh, higher order of American magicians, like, maybe she would get a promotion or maybe like she get some sort of validation, and like so. Colin Farrell plays Graves. Now, Graves is a high-ranking member of this um, American um, magic association, Macusa, right? Now he is the obvious red herring. Oh right. Okay, so he's the bad guy. I'm guessing a bad antagonist. Or? The thing is, he is set up to be the good guy. Like he helps Tina out a little bit in the beginning. Right. Seems like a nice guy, but he has obvious ulterior motives. You know, like I mean, he's he's the mustache twirler of the entire story. Okay, so no spoilers. You kind of see that happening when you see the character. Because yeah, he is uh, directly tied to the other subplot of the movie. Now this is a two and a half hour movie. Besides uh, Newt Scamander looking for all these fantastical beasts, right? There's another thing going on which involves like uh, the head of some newspaper played by John Voight. I can't really remember his name. How his son is trying to like. Uh, take part in some sort of presidential election, but he is murdered by this thing called an obscurial or obscurin. Oh, that's that's another monster, right? Yeah, it's another type of fantastic beast, and it was later kind of explained in the movie and by the guy in the back row that an obscurial or obs- let's just call him an obscura. An obscura is a fantastical beast that uh, exists when a magical child or a magical person has his magic suppressed or is like forced to like not practice in magic or control it. So creating this dark negative energy which just fucks around and like destroys things there's a lot of carnage in this movie mm. very fun uh, uh, chaos that does go on so Graves played by Colin Farrell is the detective kind of seeking this obscurial Okay, so, so, do you think all these subplots actually make the movie more convoluted than it already should? It's extremely convoluted, man. Like I said before, I'm tripping over the plot lines and the story arc as I'm like trying to watch this movie. I mean, granted, there are very entertaining moments, especially when it comes to the Fantastic Beasts themselves. They look good, I'm guessing? Yeah, the effects are very... I wouldn't say amazing or like uh, mind-blowing. I mean, like, dude, compared to like what we saw previously with Doctor Strange, like, uh, seeing creature effects, CGI creature effects, like, yeah, I mean... 
they they don't break immersion, but you know they they do push the the, the story along. And I I do kind of admit like some of the designs are quite cute. All right, all right, cool. okay. But so, so that's like I think it must be a universal uh, design because I know that that the Harry Potter series is on the universal, right? I would guess so. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, Harry Potter has that universal ride. So I mean, like. I'm not saying that Disney or any other company would do a better job, but I would say like you know for a Harry Potter movie, eh, I mean like if I rewatched the old movies and none of that aged well at all. The CGI actually looks quite dated by now. I but, feel like the owls, but they're not CGI though. So. They're not CGI owls, exactly. You know, okay, but yeah, the, I mean like probably the highlight would be like this is the one that will sell the, the most plush toys would be the pilfering platypus. Oh, pilfering platypus! I have that no idea sounds, what. <laughs> what that the, sounds like a drink. What what the Latinus the what the Latin magical name is for this creature? Yeah. But basically, like okay, one of the early fantastical beast fetch quests is basically them trying to retrieve this uh platypus who is like kind of much of a, like he's he's a kleptomaniac he likes to steal shiny things coins stuff this is one of those tentacle monsters right it's an actual platypus no it's an actual platypus okay, okay. there's a tentacle thing yeah i mean there's this creature that's like half reindeer half cthulhu <laughs> oh, no, <okay>. <laughs> that, <laughs> that i see inside this that, that, there's a scene where literally uh dan fogler the kowalski character i mean he ends up being sort of like the sidekick the newt commander and also at the same time becomes like the assistant zookeeper inside the briefcase. Mm. So like, yeah, I mean, the the briefcase effects are quite fun. I mean, it's like Snoopy level, like, you know, it, it's a lot bigger on the inside. Mm, of course. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I also probably think that this is like kind of like a Doctor Who reference, you know, where the TARDIS, like, you know, it's kind of bigger on the inside. It's not just a, 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 a phone booth on the outside. But like, granted... um. I would say, like, when it comes to the Fantastic Bees, okay, that's a plus point for me. I like seeing the creature effects. I like seeing the cute little uh, fetch quest caper chasing around looking for these creatures. Now, the subplot, I would say, when it comes to finding this obscure, I mean, literally, the only reason Colin Farrell engages this Newt Scamander character is because it's it's all coincidence. Like, oh, when you arrived in this country, all of a sudden this obscure is out and about smashing things and killing like presidential hopefuls. Mm. So that's how he makes the tie. That's how he likes to, he's like he's like thinking, oh though he's the scapegoat. So th- that happens. And then like I mean the amount of characters and the amount of lore that just gets thrown at you, I mean it gets a little bit overwhelming. Especially if you're not a Harry Potter fan. Like for a muggle like me, it, I found it quite difficult keeping up. Now, another question I got, okay, so, after watching the entire movie, does this, is it all set up to have, like, a bunch of sequels coming in? Definitely, god damn it. Okay, what I heard is that this movie is gonna, like, spin off into four more sequels, it's gonna be a quintology. Fucking hell, it's four, dude, four of these. Dude, by the time there's a fifth one, we'll be in our 40s. <laughs> and just a weird thing, I've heard that this Fantastical Beast, Fantastic Beast book is actually a, a glossary. Yeah, I mean, I... I what I found out is that it's not actually a story as part of the Harry Potter universe. I mean, this takes part decades before anything that goes on in the Harry Potter universe. It's like a handbook, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's a reference to like a textbook that Harry Potter finds in the library or something, yeah. which you can buy, you know, because J.K. Rowling. But to be fair, J.K. Rowling did do, she's the executive producer for this and she's probably doing the writing, making sure that whatever the hell happens that she stays within that whole Harry Potter cinematic continuity. I think you need that level of legitness to in, to ensure that the fans come back. Yeah. Now, because if anybody else was to do a, like a Harry Potter spin-off, I doubt they would get the kind of love that probably, I would say something like, you know, The Hobbit, even though it was like kind of put together by Peter Jackson himself, that movie didn't fare well with critics or audiences. Uh, 
I'm not sure about the critic about about the audience, but for the critics, dudes, I guess we were right wondering why the hell does this deserve three fucking. How movies? did they stretch a, a children's book? Okay, the Hobbit is literally a children's this is book. This one book. Okay, it's barely a hundred pages. Okay, and they stretched it out into three, three and a half, hour, three hour movies. And now J.K. Rowling is actually doing this, hand, making this handbook into a four movie special. Exactly. I mean, like I have that bad taste in my mouth. Like this is a lot of bandwagon jumping. I mean, it's it's literally probably universal. I mean, it sh- yeah, it's universal. They they want to create their Marvel Cinematic Universe. And what franchise do they own besides Harry Potter? And the one that makes the most money, I think, it's probably just Harry Potter. That's it. I would like to see a Jaws. Cinematic, cinematic universe tied into <laughs> Harry Potter and Jurassic Park. Nah, <laughs> what was I That'll thinking? A bit too much. Okay, now back to Fantastic Beasts. So you, so it just seems that you're kind of ragging on the film quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. So I mean, it was entertaining. It like a four out of ten, I'm guessing. Or okay, let me just bring up the points that really bothered me. Okay, okay now firstly, the one thing that I feel kind of marked this movie experience was the very inconsistent tone. Now, I understand that they're trying to create a new generation of Harry Potter fans. So there were very there, there were a lot of moments in the film that felt very, like like like, like a movie for kids. It's very like it will appeal to children, but unfortunately, the thing is, there's also a lot of very dark and very like uh, sinister moments, and like you know people do die in this movie mm. and, and they do die in pretty horrific ways like the later harry potter films deathly hallows and the one before that yeah but here's the thing is like those Har- those harry potter movies right they started out kiddie but they eventually matured with the audience yeah and together with the actors the main actors definitely yeah so and here's the thing because because you have adult characters in there right so the kids will not be able to relate to these like these grown-ups Throw it, like, waving it once and some of them just look so awkward when they do it like especially Colin Farrell he <laughs> looks like he doesn't know what he's doing uh, he's phoning it in he's like he's check. conducting an invisible orchestra he's just but like I would say like there are moments where it's like filled with wonder and amazement especially when it comes to the creatures itself and then like when the subplot happens and things go like darker a little bit right mm. it kind of makes it feel like I'm watching two halves of two different movies like spliced together so it's like you got the cheery side of Fantastic Beasts and you got like the dark, obscure, murdering shit that happens. Exactly. I mean and... like think of it as a roller coaster that plateaus and then peaks and then plateaus again. So there's moments where it's really banal and really like kind of it's just exposition and like expanding upon the universe or expanding upon the characters and the, the backstories and their motivations. And then it peaks with like a lovely like uh, a, a special effects segment with a Fantastical Beast or with uh, them battling this Obscura. And then again, like, you know, it's, um, I would say, like, the, the, the tone just really put put me off for, like, enjoying this movie totally. I mean, it's not the only major flaw of the movie. Okay, besides Eddie Redmayne being exceptionally British for no reason. But I would also say the one thing that would put me off is the fact that if you're not a Harry Potter fan, you will get lost. You will kind of feel inadequate, especially when it comes to... Like when they throw references so and fans really have to go into this as a standalone. I movie. had no idea what the fuck was going on. There you go. That's a review right okay, there. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. Okay, like I mean, okay, here the best case example of me not knowing what the fuck is going on is when they mention this superior dark evil wizard called Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Now Grindelwald apparently is same level as like what's the other guy's name? Voldemort. 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 So Voldemort is like probably the Darth Vader of the Harry Potter. 
uh, cinematic universe. So Grindelwald is apparently like Darth Maul. Okay, he was another bad guy that existed in this era. Okay, and he does make a cameo. I, I, should I spoil it? Uh, no, 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 don't, don't spoil it. Don't I think it's already been spoiled by MDB because you can just see the cast nah, <laughs> names. No, nah, it's fine, it's fine. We'll, we'll, just, uh, we'll just say that. But yes, I mean, he is mentioned and then especially, I mean, like, you know, the, the shock and the, the breathe, the, the, like the, that gasp of air that happened in the back row when Grindelwald is revealed. It was super heavy, right? And they were like, <gasps> Grindelwald. And I'm like, who, who the fuck is he? <laughs> what, what is the significance of this character? <laughs> okay, so, I, okay, that, that's a very good example. Like, if you yeah. there are some things that the movie did not make clear for new audiences, mm. then that could be bad. But then again, if you see J.K. Rowling and there's some allusion to Harry Potter, fans will probably enjoy this. So, I final say, rating, uh, Dr. Shafiq. I would... Probably okay. If you're a Harry Potter fan, this is fucking ten dobies upon ten dobies. You would love the fuck out of this movie, but for a guy like me, a muggle like me, who is like really not aware or really like you know not in tune with the Harry Potter universe, and coming into this movie as somebody like you know, okay, this is definitely not the introduction to the Harry Potter universe for the non-fan. Go and find the original seven movies. Start from the beginning if you have to. I would say. I mean, I think if you're a slightly older dude, probably start from Azkaban, right? Like when it gets slightly more serious and yeah, you just yeah. carry on from there. But for a guy like me, as a self-contained movie experience, I would give it a very honest 6, 6.5 Death Stars out of 10 rings. Okay, okay. I fair mean, enough, fair enough. I mean, it has its audience. It's just not me, you know? But hey, Last King fans, if any of you are Harry Potter fans, or if you want to correct me or tell me what I should actually be paying attention to, please do let us know. Tweet at us at Last King Podcast. Speaking of Fantastical Beasts... Segway. Yep. So, I've actually checked out this game earlier on from Sony. It's called The Last Guardian. <gasps> Trico. Yeah, I know. A lot of people have been talking about this. A lot of people have been hyping up about this. For so long, this game has been in development. Now, does it live up to the hype? Does is it? it really, does it really bring... Is, like, from, from, from Team Ico itself, uh, Gen Design, what's that, that's what they're called right now. Do do they does this game live up to the quality levels of Shadow, Shadow of the Colossus, Colossus and Ico? I will say a resounding yes. Really? Now in terms of rating the three games, yeah, that's too soon to tell. Because again, just to, just to, just to recap, um I've only played ten sorry, twelve, thirteen hours of this game. But you've completed the story. Yeah, I've finished everything, but I just did not actually explore 
the secrets or get extra costumes for the boys. <laughs> not for the not not for Triker, not for Triker. Now, for those who don't know what Last Guardian is, it is the long-awaited, long uh, hyped. I mean, yeah. we wait. This these guys skipped an entire console generation. Yeah. So basically, you control this boy who is stuck in a cave, and then you see a giant bird dog, dog slash griffin <laughs> named Trico. From what you were told when you were as a child, apparently these beasts eat people, eat men. <gasps> but strangely, this one is just pissed off. And then when you start feeding it with barrels in the like within 10 minutes of the game, it starts to calm down. And then when you take out spears from its back, it started calming down and warming up to you. This sounds like an Aesop fable, like like the, the lion with the thorn in his paw, something like so. that. Except the lion sticks on to you like a dog. So. And shoots lightning from his tail. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, oh, I think we're jumping way ahead. Like We'll probably talk about that later. For now, the beast follows you around and you just have to figure out how the fuck am I going to get out of this <laughs> ruins. Like, after you figure out what's going on and within 20, 30 minutes, as soon as you get outside to the outdoors, you get to see the scope of where you're at. You're in this, this a chasm, this whole giant ruins that's deep within a chasm. And far beyond yonder through the sky, you see a bunch of cliff areas. Okay. Where that, that could be, that's actually your destination to just get the hell out. But you don't know how the hell you're going to do that. You look at Trico itself, you can see like little stumps. That, that could have been wings, you know? So you don't mm. know what's going to happen, how you're going to get out of this predicament. So you explore, you open up new passageways, you explore more places, go through tunnels, jump around in ramps, go even outdoors as well, from beginning to the end. And along the way, you got a lot of puzzles. You also got to avoid dangers like traps, for one thing. Okay. Uh, you also got to avoid armored creatures. Well, they're basically just suits of armor that kidnaps the boy. If the boy gets kidnapped, you gotta a bunch of like symbols come out. You gotta mash the buttons so that the symbols are clear. So a mini game itself. Too. There's a mini game itself, and then when you get kidnapped through a doorway, game's over. You gotta start back from the checkpoint. Oh okay. So basically, Trico's gonna be like your protector and bodyguard. It's like a Far Cry from Ico, the, uh, from the princess. Oh, I mean, I think from what I see from the gameplay, it's it's a reverse Ico. Yeah, a reverse Ico. So your dog, uh, Trico, can protect you. It's just that. He's we're, like a fledgling beast. We're gonna give him a cool, like, mythological name, Bird yeah. Dog Cat. Bird Dog Cat. Bird Dog Cat. Yeah. Now, the Bird Cat. Yeah. The Bird Cat. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, when we're talking about Trico here, he is a fledgling beast. He is learning things. He is like, he's an aimless creature. So you kind of, since you're his master of sorts, you kind of have to direct where he's going. You gotta tell him, okay, go here, sit down. Uh, you get more commands as as time goes by, as you go through the stages and stages. Mm-hmm. Because as the beast follows you, it starts to learn new tricks. Okay. Follows you around. And then when you go through a crawl space the first time, like to the outside area, you can actually see Trico way at the top. He just did a walk, one huge leap for the top crevice area and then just went down. So he, can, he will find a way to bust down and follow you. Kind of like Dog from Half-Life 2. In a way, in a way, yes, yes. So he finds the alternate path, so he's always with you. He's you, always going to be with you. Except he's like probably four stories high, I believe. <laughs> yeah, just, you can climb on the guy. It's fucking Marmaduke the video game. Exactly, yeah. You can, you can <laughs> climb on the guy, you can even pet him when he's agitated. Because when he fight enemies, he'll start getting a bit more berserk, agitated, like very... Frazzled, so you gotta actually climb up to his head or to his back and you get to, you gotta pet him, yeah, oh, okay. him so that he calms down and you can proceed on your merry way. Half the time, there'll be puzzles where he gets distracted by mist. 
because it's like Mist? a food source. Okay. Basically, like catnip. Mm. He gets distracted by by smoky catnip. Let's just put it that way, without spoiling anything. <laughs> smoky catnip is the name of my uh, tavern where I sell really really expensive ale. Mm, nice. <laughs> anyway, so he gets distracted, so he gets he peeks his he actually slots his head through like a little hole just to see smoke. So you kind of need to actually close the pot. You gotta find some way to make him undistracted. Okay, so that's a gameplay mechanic. That's a puzzle by itself. Mm. And then when he gets hungry, he'll be a bit restless. He'll just sit down. You gotta find a barrel of food for him. Okay, one so at least one is enough. But if you get like all of them in the game, you get an achievement. So it's like Nintendo's with puzzle platforming. Nintendo's <laughs> puzzle platforming, Tamagotchi, whatever pet simulations you know, it's Aye. all in this in a more gameplay, gameplay oriented manner. Now, what I like about this is like following the traditions of Tri uh, Ico and what well, I keep calling Trico Ico anyway, Ico and Shadow of Colossus. They do a lot more showing than telling. Okay. Like the only time when the narrator opens his mouth is when you're stuck. And did he use that like gibberish language yes, too? Yes, he's doing the. He has mm. a secondary language. Yeah. Same speaker. Yeah, yeah. So and then the narration is actually told by the boy's perspective when he's older. Oh, okay. So you notice at the beginning of the so game. So this is like so a I'm recollection. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm not spoiling anything. This happens literally five minutes in the game. So, so that means he survives. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> you can call that spoilers. Either that or his his inner voice is a is a very sexy little bass man. Yeah. Yeah. Or he could be a ghost fan. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, when when you're stuck, the narration comes out. But for the most part, so you gotta actually figure shit out on your own. Mm. Controls are they told told like with the little icon prompts the top right. Okay. And yeah, everything, all the puzzles are actually set in the room itself. Your set pieces and everything. So it's just a matter of figuring out how to command Ico, Trico to actually get from point A to point B in that same room. Or how where the hell how the hell am I gonna navigate this area? Or do I climb up to Trico and then he'll lead me automatically to that pathway? So there's a lot of trial and error involved? Um part trial and error, part observation. You just gotta be aware of your surroundings. So like there's like some glowing light over there. That means you have gotta go towards it that. It may thing. not even be glowing, you just have to gotta go close to it. It's all about being curious and making sure that you know you gotta work your little screws, your heads to make sure that okay, yeah, this is something that's logical. I see a platform there. How do I get there? Then just go from there. But I kind of like the way you're describing it because I think this is the kind of thing that is very essential to keeping the immersion nice and uh, consistent oh, throughout the game. Oh, they do that very well. That's what I, I admire about this game. They keep it in in sync. They don't dump a bunch of text in your face. Everything's all shown to you and it's up to you to how to how you want to interpret it. So there's no collectible audio tapes, huh? No. <laughs> Having said that, there oh. is actually a bit of a technical kerfuffle. Uh, mostly frame rate. Like, oh. when you see Trico and his really awesome majestic fur, like, you know, the fur physics, you know, mm -hmm. it goes up and down, his tail flagging around, and, you know, him moving his whiskers and all that. When you have him outside that um, outdoor area I mentioned, the one with all the bloom lighting and the mountains and the buildings and the clouds, it, the game chugs quite a bit. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit. But you're running on the PS4 or the PS4 Pro? PS4, just the PS4, the amateur PS4. Still at 1080p, it's got a little uh, bit of yeah, frame yeah, rate yeah. issues. It does have a slight frame issues. It could be something, which, but I mean, it's, you. We have a review copy of this, right? Uh, so yeah, it yeah, probably this, this is not like, even the this, final beta. This is like the close to retail, basically. Mm. This is like basically you finish the game with that. That's copy. definitely a day one patch that figured that out. Hopefully definitely, by now. Definitely, definitely. But as it stands, oh, actually, you know what? You just reminded me about the light lightning tail. So you actually, it, like again, ten minutes in the game, you actually get to find this magic mirror in this like this little crevasse tomb area. 
So you get this mirror, you shine the light, Trico's tail starts acting up and it shoots lightning. Okay. Actual red lightning shows up, crackles, <laughs> and then it can destroy obstacles, it can destroy mirrors, what have you. So Trico's is nothing but a giant Pikachu, huh? Well, it's, it's, like, it's like, imagine having a laser pointer, but you don't have your animal crashing hits its head into the So wall. using this shield, you're just reflecting light onto parts of uh, the environment yeah. and hopefully he will react to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll actually have lightning popping up from his tail. I mean, do you think this is like a remnant from like the PlayStation Move era where this should have been... Possibly, possibly. Back in the PS3 when this was supposed to come out? Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah. But as it stands, I actually love the game. They're like It actually tugs on my heartstrings just as much as Aiko, Shadow of Colossus and Okami to an extent. Okami did. Aww. Now, just imagine, like, I actually see shades of my pet, uh, my my deceased cat, Peppy, in... Peppy? Like, Your yeah, cat's name it, is Peppy? Yep, yep. Peppy it, the pussy? Yeah, yeah, Peppy the pussy, yep, yep that's correct. <laughs> I see shades of that of that, that creature in in, in, in Trico itself. Oh. Yeah, so you would believe that, you know, Trico, with all how he acts, his AI and everything, and how he, move, how he moves and everything... Just brings out a lot in people like me, you know. So like, if you especially. So if you have this magical shield and you just start pointing it at the floor, does he chase you around like a real cat? No, 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 no. That would have been so awesome, that though, right? That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> just fuck shit up, running. you know. Just have him chasing a, a light on the ground. But as it stands, dude, this game is really, really good. It's probably gonna be one of my top five games for the year. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm giving this a full score. A perfect ten. Yes, yeah, a perfect ten, despite the technical kerfuffle. No, wow! Now, just remember, there is no such thing as a completely perfect game with no bugs. Okay. This is as close as you can get. Otherwise, score systems would be like what, 9.7, 9.8, 9, 9.9, right? So this is definitely gonna go into your list of best of 2016. It is, it is. Personally, it is. So late into December already, and we have a new entry. Yeah? Yep, that's correct. Okay. Now I also need to preface this. I haven't had a chance to play this game. Now I myself am a huge fan of Shadow of the Colossus and uh, the Ico game from back in the PS2 era, so I am really looking forward to playing this. So, one thing I need to ask you, right, being a fan of myself, like, so how's the challenge? How is the puzzles? Do they really test you? I mean, are we talking Talos principle level We're puzzle? We're talking not so much Talos principle. Maybe more, more like, Portal 2, Portal 1? I'm gonna guess Portal 1, yeah, thank you very much. It's logic puzzles, basically, with the environment. Okay. And using the beast to do things. So you won't be scratching your head too many times, right? Not uh, too many times. Uh, okay. It's more or less... Okay, another issue in the game is probably camera, but every game has a problem with that, right? The every... Yeah, every Especially game. Especially when you want to focus on the beast doing like the cool jumping thing on the ledge and everything. Okay. You kind of want to actually have the camera pointing at Trico. You can do that with the L1 button, but it does so much. Does it have any like option for you to go like a uh, POV from the kid itself, or uh, no we... POV from the kid? It's like uh, third person with the kid. So it's like that God of War, yeah, like God of War Devil May Cry style, where like the camera is rotating around this boy. It sometimes rotates depending on the scene itself. If there's a key scene that happens, then it'll pan out. Like a cutscene, or like a... like an in-game cutscene. Mm. Everything's all done in game. There's actually, I realized there's actually no loading screen beyond you know the first part of the game. Shout out to Japanese ingenuity then for that. Yeah, it's really really good stuff. I again, some technical kerfuffles, but this is a really well put together game. Nearly made me cry, and it's very emotional, definitely. So very okay. very emotional. So a perfect 10 for you. Yep, okay, me. I am definitely going to have to check this game out. I mean, I'm a fan. I'm just going to buy this notwithstanding, you know, because I have been waiting a whole console generation for a new game from these guys. And okay, 
I'm only afraid that you know I might be marred by like nostalgia glasses or the fact that I've been hyping myself up waiting too long. I mean, I'm only afraid it's gonna have Duke Nukem level of you took too long. But the then game is all like average or shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure even if it's an average game, I would just love it notwithstanding. Cause like I'm such a fan of the like the team and their way of like telling stories. Yeah, telling stories while also in- incorporating like gameplay, like really good level de- design, level structure, and whatnot. Like you got this sort of big open world playfield that you kind of have to solve puzzles and figure out how to get the boy to actually stop certain things from happening. Okay. Like um later in okay, actually at the beginning of the game, there'll always be symbols that actually scare Trico into like a state of like standing still. Okay. As a boy, you really paralyze him. Them. Yes, you kind of need to break them. So mm-hmm. you gotta throw a rock at them. You gotta push the little thing away. You got now. There also be jump jumping puzzles as we well. actually get how to get from point A to point B. Like pla- proper is. platform puzzles. Yep, yep. And it makes sense considering that you're traversing ruins as a little boy, which is fucking dangerous in itself. True that. I mean, shout out to Ico, the very first game yeah. where. And yeah. I feel that even though the controls are very like some people say it can be a little tad unwieldy, but it makes sense considering you're not fucking Lara Croft. You're not Dante. <laughs> you're just a little kid. Damn it. Okay, so I mean. From what I gather, like just listening to how you're reviewing this game, right? There are moments where this uh, Trico, the animal, th- does he stray away from the path too often? Uh, not are too we gonna often. have like surgeon simulator levels of the AI is just trying to fuck up your game? Uh, not really, but there are times when because as a fickle creature, he will again not only get distracted, but he'll wander off and look at look at certain areas and then mm-hmm. comes back to where you're at. Okay. So it kinda this is a game where you kinda have to be patient with your pet. But that because, also adds to the immersion, right? Yeah, it adds to the immersion because he's kinda learning things from you. He's a fucking animal. Yes, he's exactly. just gonna wander. He's, got, he's he's working with instinct, working on instinct. So it works well within the context of the game and the story. So okay. I think and I just like um, sorry sorry for interrupting you but I just feel that yeah the loyalty that you form with the creature actually works well from beginning all the way to the end so even a bad a hard ass like me will cry yeah most likely most likely I get very emotional sometimes so. there you go right. <laughs> so there you go um Last Guardian, ten out of ten from Mister Toffee himself, yes. right? Okay, officially the last king. We're gonna give this is gonna be a contender for game of the year. Yeah, our first ten out of ten game, dude, and I haven't even finished FF fifteen yet. Dude, I I gave Doom ten out of ten. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that under. that's that's my game of the year, motherfucking Doom. Have you played it yet, kids? Yeah, you should buy that it's a game. Damn good game. But yeah, I had a problem picking between Ultra Violence and a really charming tale between a boy and his. Four-story creature. No, I think the thing is... That's not a euphemism, by the way. I think the thing is, the next game developer, if you want to get a 10 out of 10 upon us, you have to have charming boys with big fuzzy creatures and ultra-violence. And, yeah, with a big <laughs> And boobs. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so, yeah. All right, okay. so, after we're done, we're going to take a short break. We're going to talk about a lot of PlayStation games that were revealed... During PSX. Yeah, PSX 2016. So, don't go anywhere. Consoles!
and we're black playstation uh, yes, good old, good old PlayStation. <laughs> so the PSX just happened, huh? Yep, yep, totally. As of this recording, like the PSX, the PlayStation experience, like this event happened like a day ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Literally, yeah. so all these new trailers are kind of fresh in our minds. And we feel that it is our duty as the last king to talk about it. So probably, let's talk about the one thing that we love, fighting games. Yep. And the return of... MVC Marvel baby Oh yeah now, now this new one Is actually called Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite So they dropped the 4 huh Yeah they dropped the 4 And now it's Infinite And they're Based on the gameplay we saw We've seen what The 4 4, four announced characters already Ryu, Ryu Mega Man X Mega Man X okay. Finally In a fighting <laughs> game Holy shit It took him like what 20 years plus like that dude is basically a zero reskin yeah. come on <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's got the gun and everything it's all good and representing marvel we have captain marvel yes finally carol danvers yeah i mean she's yet to have a movie but at least she's got a game yeah, yeah. you think she's gonna be the cover girl for this uh, most likely yeah she's most likely like, yeah, her and iron man because that was a civil war too shit that happened oh she's yeah that's movie. going on in the comic universe right now well, right? it's probably over right now but iron man and carol danvers they're like the Headliners, basically. Does so, he still have proton cannon? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, he does. He does. Based on the you trailer. can't drop proton cannon. That's been around since Marvel superheroes. Mm -hmm. so, so, speaking of which, they're actually going to do the whole tag team thing like last time. So instead of having like three three on three fights, yeah. Now we got two on two fights, like Tatsunoko versus Capcom, like X Men versus Street Fighter. Like Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter. No, I mean literally two players can go against two players. Uh, no, 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 no. It's like uh, two players. They pick the teams of two. So there's no more third team member. There's no, no, no. So there's no more. Um, there's no more. The assist character. Yeah, but you uh -huh. can actually switch your guys back and forth. Apparently, like if you do a combo, you bring the other guy in to continue a combo. Maybe just come in with a special drop-in attack. I mean, is this what was officially announced, or is it just because it actually was shown? Like there was actually gameplay for this. But nobody actually made it official that it's not going to be a three versus three system anymore. Well, based on what you've seen, proofs in the pudding. Proofs in the pudding, you know. Could it be because they haven't developed the other characters yet, or or maybe they want too to early to tell. Too early to tell, but I think because they want to scale back in terms of like having the frenetic pacing of like Ultimate Marvel's Capcom Three, which I enjoyed actually. Yeah, yeah. But I think this come this team they want to make it more two versus two, like how they did it for Tatsunoko versus Capcom. So a little bit more streamlined, maybe. Slightly more streamlined, but I think there's still levels of complexity because they're gonna add in the. Power gems, the power stones from. Uh, Shoutouts to Marvel superheroes, yeah. Okay, yeah, and, and it has the Infinity gems, right? That's yeah, what the five of them. Yeah. So I mean, I think they did show off what Infinity Stone, Power Stone. Yeah, they just showed the Power Stone and they showed the Time Stone. Okay, Time Stone. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yo, I mean, if you played Marvel superheroes, okay, that was a gameplay mechanic that a lot of us actually ignored. Mm -hmm. Because basically, you just pick Wolverine and do the infinite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, but this one, this time, these stones are actually going to replace X-Factor. Which I think broke the first game. Yeah, yeah. Especially so, when it comes to Phoenix. So, here's the thing. Um, this is a new mechanic, which is similar to X-Factor in terms of, like, you can trigger it depending on certain conditions. Now, instead of like relying on power, I think these infinite stones they will represent certain different aspects. So you got like speed or what? What other what, what other properties do the stones have? I forgot. Well, there was the life stone which recovered life. I mean, I, I'm I'm just basing all this 
solely on my experience like the the classic Marvel superheroes game back like, in oh, the 90s. You get you get more HP. Then that. there's the reality one like depending on which character some will turn invisible, some will uh like you have a, a double character or like a shadow form. And then there was power, there was the mind gem. Uh, wow. So I, mean, I think they're going to keep on to the same flavor as like these extreme fighting games where you can just jump five stories or whatever. Dude, it's all about the air combos. Custom, uh, air combos um change everything changes. Or in Japan, aerial rave. <laughs> everything everything changes in this. So they're going to keep it to that, but with uh, with the exclusion of a third party member, I believe they're just keeping it tag team but with stones to, you know, power people up. Okay. I think it has some pretty cool team dynamic. And they also said that there's going to be like a nice little story campaign. So, who knows? I mean, you have to. I mean, you got to kind of explain how these how, how they again get together, you know? we get together again. How do we explain Cyclops and Ryu in the same universe yeah. again? Oh, speaking of X-Men, there could I've heard a lot of buzz and rumors that this reformation, they might actually not have X-Men characters in because of the whole Fox Disney bullshit, right? Maybe. Now, this is one thing... Shoutouts to Wolverine not being in a, a Marvel game anymore. Now, the, the thing is, the thing is, for game licensing, film licensing, they're its own separate contracts. Yeah. If I recall. Mm. So, I don't know how affected the X-Men will be in games. In films, is the obvious choice, But, but right? let's just say in the context of the Marvel games, I mean, like, the, the go-to guys would be like uh, Wolverine. Yeah. Wolverine has been a mainstay in the Marvel series since the very beginning. Uh, probably okay. Let, let's say even like uh, Marvel versus Capcom three. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Let's go back further. The first game that introduced all these crazy mechanics with the special moves, X Men: Children and, of the Atom. I mean, all the way back then. Yes. I mean, I was so X Men were the were the were the foundation of these extreme games. Exactly. It was followed with X Men. Uh, no, it was Marvel superheroes. Uh, then they started crossovering straight away, mm. which is X Men versus Street Fighter. Then the very first Marvel versus uh, Marvel versus Capcom or was Marvel, it Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter and then Marvel versus Capcom? There was another one before that, right? No. <sighs> so there was like X Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter, and then Marvel, Marvel versus, versus Capcom, Capcom, and then, and then Marvel versus MVC Capcom two, and so forth, MVC so forth. three, Ultra Ultimate MVC three. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna miss characters like you know who I miss. I miss Omega Red. Omega Red was my guy back in like X Men vs Street Don't Fighter. Don't count the X Men out yet. Just remember that theory, that 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 thing I mentioned about video game uh, the licensing, licensing contracts yeah. being different. Because if that were the case, why the hell are Sony doing a Spider Man game when Disney should be making their own Spider Man game? Because Sony and Spider Man and the Spider Man font have history. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> But I'm, I'm like, I'm no, no, like, Insomniac AI yeah, actually has did to that game. Mm. But in the video game circuit, before that game, the last company who did Spider Man games, you remember who those guys were, right? Activision? Yeah, yeah. Activision were the guys who did the Spider Man games, not Sony, not not anyone else. And it was a weird spinner from the Tony Hawk games, right? Because yeah, Spider Man was, was a, like a selectable hidden character. Exactly, exactly. And then he yeah. came out and had his own games, which were amazing. Yeah. The point being, Spider Man games were all under Activision up until the announcement of that Sony Spider Man game. Which is the one right before Shattered Dimensions or something, uh, right? Way this before is that. Way before Shattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the Sony Spider Man game is like coming out soon. That's from Insomniac, by the way. Mm. So it actually will be that game that you know shows that okay, it's actually, that property is away in the video game uh, context is away from uh, Activision. Uh, I mean, but okay, uh, let's just keep on track with uh, this new Marvel yeah. game. So, so, let's, so, so, I'm, so I'm who is I'm possibly not gonna come back? 
we should be the X-Men characters. So, like, mainstays like Sentinel may not come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Sentinel is ba- basically baby's first uh, big guy combo. <laughs> and then probably... I mean, okay, Dormammu would stick around. Yeah, he's a Fantastic Four villain. I would say, like, literally, like, okay, the any, mo- any movie franchise that exists right now will probably have the reference of the fans of his character. And Dormammu has to come back. Okay, yeah, I was a big Doctor fan Strange. of Dormammu. I, I wasn't a fan of Doctor Strange's character. I mean, he was fun to play with. But Dormammu, as I think I mentioned before in the Doctor Strange episode, had the best special. Oh, yeah. Where he literally crushes you between his fingertips. He has to come back. Okay, he has to come back. Okay, Doctor Doom is a Fantastic Four uh, character. So uh, He's definitely going to come back. But, but the thing is, the, the Fox owns Fantastic Four. As uh, well as like Deadpool, as well as the X Men, and the movies didn't do so well. The Fantastic. There films. you go. So these characters may not make a comeback. And dude, like the American fighting game scene, like they need their Doctor Doom. Yeah. They need their fucking. They okay, could the... actually make a replacement character. They, they, he may have Doctor Doom skill sets, but he won't be Doctor Doom. And who would that be? I wonder. That's a very good question. So, so I'm wondering about how interesting or how new this roster be, and would any of the classic characters come back? I mean, you definitely. I a Marvel game with Wolverine just feels very strange to me. It would, it would. And He's no, but, always been like the icon character definitely, in, in those games. Uh, and I would also say... Iconic character. Okay, I mean, if this gets rid of Phoenix, then um, props to that because she was broken when she first came out. Mm-hmm. Who else would also... Um, uh, I would say... I mean, were there any other X-Men that you can recall? X-23 was in Marvel. X-23 was in, was in Marvel, yeah. Okay, so she might not make a comeback. Then, who now, do we have who left? Want, okay, now... All those characters who have existed, um, okay, those characters who have not actually been in a Marvel vs. Capcom game, who do you want to be on the roster, like, in, the, in for next year? I mean, not counting X-Men characters? Well, let's just, let's just go on the assumption that maybe X-Men characters might be considered. I want Storm to come back. Storm uh, is essential, okay? I want Cable to come back. I mean, uh, but, uh, but Storm has been in the games. I'm talking more like characters who have never been in, in Oh, new Marvel. characters? Yeah, new, new dudes. Who? Wow. Okay. Uh, I like Dazzler. <laughs> what? <laughs> if, you, if you want Dazzler or, or Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girl. Yo, Squirrel Girl in a Marvel. <laughs> yes, she MVC. deserves some shine. Bring Squirrel Girl to the new Marvel game. Uh, wow. Ooh, I got one. Miss Marvel. What? Kamala Khan. Hey, you you see the powers, right? She can stretch. A fighter with a hijab. Okay. Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? The powers are pretty awesome. She can be like the super scroll of that game, but. No fire though. Dude, might as well get Mr. F- oh yeah, Mr. Fantastic yes. is Fox. Yeah, we there can do you go. It. So oh, Miss Marvel can be the proxy Mr. Fantastic character. <laughs> That'll be fun. Blackbolt, Medusa. Really? Mm, I, don't, I don't know. Um, Marvel characters? I mean, oh, there's so many. I mean, uh, let's let, let's make this even more fun. Let's not have any tier one Marvel characters. Bill Coulson as a Marvel character. <laughs> <laughs> he will summon the entire heli carrier in your face. Okay. That would be cool, dude. I would like Adrian Coulson as a main character. Maybe Adrian Coulson. Adrian Coulson, right? No, <laughs> I, I, you remember, I think, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, that weird hidden Japanese character who threw, like... Uh, that's actually Marvel's superhero. He's oh, actually the camera guy, right? Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, he's, he's a Japanese uh, comedy guy. I mean, like, Coulson with that kind of moveset, it would be hilarious. That would be awesome, dude. Yeah, you know, yeah. He just basically throws off his stationery at you as a special. <laughs> he, he can handle weapons. I'm sure he'll have, bigger, he'll have a bigger repertoire. Definitely. Yeah, it'll be sad not to see Deadpool though, you know, Fox and all that shit. No man, the thing is you gotta put Deadpool in there. I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds with his star power will somehow manage to he would do the voice. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> we can finally get rid of who did the voice for the uh, Nolan North. Nolan, Nolan North. North, right. Yeah. So it's like okay, having Ryan Reynolds in a Marvel vs. Capcom game playing Deadpool, yo, 
that will sell games. Okay, that will sell systems. Okay, this is coming on P- PS4. Yeah, yeah, PS4. PS4. And PS4. not on Xbox, right? Not that I know of. It's just PS4 for now. Because it's a PlayStation experience, so yeah, it's gonna be. I for sure that hope they figure like Capcom figures out that eight in, eight frame input lag problem. <laughs> That's still Mars Street Fighter Five to this day, you know. But granted, okay. So you ask me, who do I want to see in this game? Yep. Off the top of my head, mm-hmm. Luke Cage. Good choice. I don't oh know. Iron Fist is already there. Yeah, no, so Luke Cage, yes. We need to put Luke Cage in this. Yeah. We need a... We got the streets. Sucker. <laughs> we need a very strong African-American presence. I do not want the Luke Cage from the Netflix. I want the Luke Cage in the 70s with the, the tiara. With the tiara and, and the puffy shirt. Yes, and, and, the, the, and, the, Afro, and the Jericho's. And, and, the, and, the, and the Afro and the chain yeah. belt. Yo. <laughs> and I want him to be spotting like 70s style, like, like uh, what, what do you call it? Like those old, like, you know, like those superfly, the, those black exploitation lions. Yep, yep. I want him to call like everyone sucker. <laughs> 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 I would like Doctor Machine to be in too. He was That'll actually be from, fun, yeah, yeah. Ne- from from the next wave, the next wave guys. Technically, he's actually made canon now in the main storyline. He's helping out some Avengers or some shit. No, I, I you could you could also put in like Jessica Jones or Hellcat, right? Oh yeah, you could I mean Hellcat. I think okay. would be like a Felicia style character where mm-hmm. she's just basically scratchy, jumpy, clawy kind of yeah, yeah, fighting rushed mechanic. Rushed on all the way. Yeah. And okay, then how about this from the Capcom side? Ooh, that's a tough one because everyone I wanted who hasn't Capcom, been in from a Capcom set. That's really hard because the characters were obscure in my head, like uh, Saki. Mm-hmm. She already appeared in Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Uh, she should make a comeback though. She's that girl with the gun. Um, she appeared in the, some uh, quiz game and from Capcom's arcade site. Yeah. Okay, here's something really obscure. Um, the Forgotten Worlds guys. Those two assholes? <laughs> yeah, sure. Blue or red? Which one? Both. <laughs> Both of them. Team or some shit, you know? <laughs> They're special. They just shoot bullets in a, like, yeah. a, like a circle. Right? There are like too many Capcom characters. I mean, I want the Lost Planet robot to come back from Tatsunoko. Mm. That would be awesome. And if you can, they can bring back the one giant character as a selectable character mechanic from Tatsunoko versus Capcom in this game, that would be insane. Yeah. What was that guy's name? Jin, right? Jin uh, from... Uh, oh, Jin. Yes, Jin is the guy with the Cyberbots robot. Yeah. That, I, he will be cool. I want him to come back. He didn't make an appearance in no, MVC3. He, he will be awesome. And he was a very fun character to play in Marvel's Capcom. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so like... Mm, okay, look, we can go franchise by franchise. Like, from the Street Fighter universe, who hasn't made it into the MVC? Like, Sea Viper... The fact no, that she's she, been there already. I mean, exactly. Like she, when she was put in MVC3, I felt like it was like, a little bit unfair. Like, there are way other characters who needs to be in this game yeah. too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like anyone from Street Fighter going into because they already we've all of the mainstays. Yeah, almost all of them, right? Yeah, almost all of them are inside the ones that matter. You know, except for maybe like uh like has Saga ever appeared in MVC? I could use. I could. I would like to see the young. He was it. He was in a CVS, right? Saga. Mostly CVS. Yeah, I would like to see Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy. Yeah, the Resident Evil Four version replacing Wesker. Or replacing Chris Replacing Redfield? Chris Because or he has Jill. more taglines coming out mm. yeah, That might be cool yeah. I would like to see the Nemesis come back mm, Yes yeah, But Nemesis was an ultimate though yeah, I mean but not, I mean you know A returning he's a, character He's a terrible character But he's very fun to play Yeah yeah uh, Probably He'll yeah. just say nothing but Star Star <laughs> uh, but From Capcom's side um, There's so many But Strider has to come back Yeah he's I'm trying to think of characters Who have never made an appearance Mm. Just digging my brains right here. 
whatever's left of my mushy little head. Wait, they kept coming to do Ghouls and Ghosts? Oh, yeah. They brought in Arthur So Arthur Firebrand. was in, right? Yeah, Arthur Firebrand was in, was in. Firebrand inside. Maybe they can bring Lucifer in as a character who takes up two slots. <laughs> Lucifer, he's got the big body mouth thing and the giant head. Yeah, he could do that. That might be pretty badass. <laughs> I mean, how about more recent Capcom games like what Lost Planet? I, I mean, actually Lost, Lost. want e- AX Trooper character, AX Trooper characters coming back. Really? They're fucking obscure. The <laughs> game that they were in were was solely criminally underrated. I would like uh, the a uh, Brett to come back. He actually has a Lost Planet robot. Hmm. He got the pink hair. He can jet around like a mofo flying around. He's even got like the little cable thing, like a bionic commando thing shit going on. So yeah, I would like that guy to come back. Yeah. Big head guy from uh, X Trooper, EX Trooper. The DMC guys, you want them to come back? Yeah, they're gonna be. Dante Virgil. Come on, they're gonna be. I want new, new Dante. New Dante. I oh, want oh, DMC right, right. Dante. DMC I don't. Dante. I don't want classic Dante anymore. That might be insane. Okay, that that's my opinion on that game, folks. <laughs> and but I guess beyond that, I can't seem to recall any other Capcom character who needs to go in. I mean, Capcom back in the day were basically known for being the franchise guys. Yeah, they like were like a shitload of characters yeah. already. Like Uncle Scrooge would be yeah. the game. <laughs> I would like Captain Commander to come back somehow. You know, I want his his team to be playable. All of them. His entire team. Baby, Knife, and the, the ninja guy who I can't really yeah. remember. Even the ninja commando. Oh, wait, is ninja commando Capcom? No, that's SNK, right? That's SNK, that's SNK. Damn it. Okay, I mean... Pff, I mean... Dude, I'm pretty sure the roster is going to be ridiculous. And the thing about the infinite tagline is literally them saying that, you know... We're going to have DLC characters coming in. Yeah. It's like Street Fighter V. Prepare for season passes, guys. Okay? And prepare for more season passes and additional things that you have to pay through the nose in order for this game to stay afloat. I mean, the thing about the MVC games, I mean, the, the whole series in general, it's a big thing in America. I mean, it didn't really take off in Japan. I mean, there's a small pocket of guys who do play like the Marvel games. But this is an American thing and it's up to those guys to keep this thing afloat. Exactly. And yeah. the scene there is super strong and I think they deserve... I mean, it's only right that after a new numbered Street Fighter, they should get a new numbered Marvel. You know, but then again, we're still waiting for what? Tekken versus Street Fighter? When is yeah, that, that going to ever that's happen? That's going to take ages. I, I don't even know if there's even the right time for that. Hell, I want a Capcom versus SNK 3, but that's... That again, when the time is right. That may know? never happen because SNK as an entity, like their licensing and their branding, hey, like, all over the place. KOF 14 is still building its stride. There's an already there's already a cool update coming out next year, and they're they're actually just trying to make tournaments happen before we can get to the eventual part three crossover. That I want to see yeah. definitely. I mean, right. Was there anything else? Okay, maybe we should stop the like, fighting game talk for a bit. No, actually, I want to kind of go on oh, to oh, a, yeah, yeah. one more fighting game thing. Sure, sure, totally. They announced Akuma. Ah, oh, right. Street yes. Fighter Five. Okay, what we just previously Why mentioned. Why the hell does he look like a Komodo lion? <laughs> With the mane and everything. But having said that, he's got pretty sweet moves. He's an offensive, heavy character. I mean, the thing is, uh, Shadows to Tokido, you, you got your character back. I mean, he yeah. doesn't seem to be... Did they actually gameplay footage? Or yes, they, just... they did. They actually can finally show him doing air fireballs while he jumps backwards. If he if he does V-Trigger. That sounds like a mechanic that he doesn't really need. I mean, he... No, no, the thing is, uh, his V-Trigger actually makes his moves more, I guess, better. Just like Laura. Mm, I guess. And but... his uh, V-Skill is a parry move, and I can counter with a... It's really funny looking flying kick that launches you up in the air. Which is good to actually... Like Ultra 2 from part 4? I think so. No, no, no. Not that special kick. Uh, it's more like an upward kick. You know, like uh, uh, Kim Cup 1's uh, up kick? 
Oh, it's like a launch kick from yeah, the Marvel launch, games. Yes, yes. Mm. It's a launch kick, but you know, for Street Fighter V. Because well, he's an offensive character, he has his demon flip again, so there's a lot of shenanigans after your launcher. I don't think he's, he's going to be a Vortex character anymore. Not right? Vortex, but but a more offensive heavy. I'm, I'll, I'll leave it to the Japanese to figure out how to use him before I even pick him up. Okay, yeah. now here's the thing I want to bring up. He is announced. And Capcom also previously said that the last season pass, the last batch of characters, or free characters, Okay, starting from Akuma is a new season pass. It's a new season, yes. It's it's a new thing you have to buy. Yeah. And they've only announced one character. So here. So we got four other dudes coming out soon as well. Probably. Yeah. Who do you think they're gonna add? After I this? want Solon to come back. Dude. I, I would <laughs> like to use a grappler who I can use footsies with. I mean, I already got birdie, but I don't mind using another one. That that should be a drop for the last king podcast. Yeah. Okay, just you saying I want Sodom to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, who else? Oh, I would like to see Maki from Maki? The, from Final Fight. She was actually uh she was actually profiled in the character sheet on Street Fighter V's website. Oh yeah, like, yeah. With all the characters coming in. Cast. They're building their extended universe, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want Maki to come back because she was sorely underutilized in Capcom vs SAK two as a fighting character. Uh, she wasn't that good anyway. Well, yeah, but she can you can make actually make her better. Make her like a guy two I would think, yeah, I mean, like, the whole Final Fight roster should be in, like, Hagar and all that. Yeah, right? Hagar. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, uh, Poison, um, Hugo. Poison, Hugo, maybe, what was that guy? Uh, Rolento, right? Laurent- no, Rolento is not from, is he? He's not yeah, from- he's Final Fight. He's from Final Fight yes. 1 or 2? Uh, 1. He's he was the factory boss. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's the Shit, man. Yeah, he'll be the guy running around, throwing the grenades. Oh, I want I want damned. To come damn. back. Yes, I want that sucker to <laughs> just, come back. Just that name is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Damned. I think a Final Fight Revenge actually ruined his chances to make an yeah, appearance. Don't ever mention that game here in the last game podcast, please. Okay. It's like a, it's like There's taboo. only been three games. Yeah, okay, yeah. leave that. Taboo. Ignore that one. Even, even Streetwise? Are we going to count Streetwise? In? <laughs> Technically a spin-off. Uh, okay, so maybe I, I, I wouldn't mind like some of the Cannon Spike guys to come in. Okay, okay. okay. They are the, uh, the male Cammy. Uh. <laughs> and he he has the can be outfit. Oh yeah, the Delta Red people. <laughs> Who else do I want back? Okay, I mean, okay, I'm just gonna say it. Fuck you, Capcom. Bring back Sagat. <laughs> of course. That's my boy. Okay, I've been playing him since Street Fighter Two. Uh, Why are we ignoring him? Why isn't? Okay, I he's know. Found peace. At the end of Street Fighter, <laughs> yes. Okay, look, you can have fucking bearded Dalsim. Give Why me bearded Sagat. <laughs> okay. Okay, I do know who's already confirmed. Uh, most likely, it's still Oro is gonna come back. What? He's, he's another he's another really highly requested character. Another third strike a third strike character? Yes. Do we because don't he, need any more third strike characters. Well, yes, because you need to have that bridge between uh part five and part three. You need the bridge between the elitist third strike guys too, huh? Yes, I guess. Like so. apparently Urian made everybody come back for some reason. Or maybe they might have Q for all you know. Q, wow. No, wait, have you seen this uh video series put up by Daigo and Kuroda? No, I have not. Okay, you have any idea who Kuroda is? Yes I do. The god of Street Fighter Three, yeah, yeah. and then they have this whole like retarded little like comedy sketch kind of like segment where they're explaining Street Fighter rules and all that, right? Okay, yeah. Dude, Kuroda, I've been a fan of this asshole since the nineties or since the early two thousand two thousands when Third Strike was a thing. You're like, he's back. Oh, okay, he's actually <laughs> fighting now. He's 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 getting into the game. Like, uh, and Urian, right? No, he's he is the dude who can use anybody. Mm. He beat Justin Wong with Q. 
And all he did was taunt no, throughout so the entire game. Well, coming back to Sue is going to play Street Fighter Five for real. That's I mean that's the impression I get. Like if you no, know, he came out of nowhere. I mean like there's all these Japanese gods I want to see again, like Mester, like Nito, fucking RX, the 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 godliest Urian of all time. Mm. You know all these assholes, boss, uh, fucking. So I think it's good that they're actually bringing a Street Fighter Three characters. I don't remember any Oro players back in the day. I mean, Remy. Well, but we don't need Remy. We already have, we have Charlie Guile and Guile. Yeah. Who needs more Guile clothes, dude? <laughs> Who needs more? One that looks like uh, what Iori or something. Well, you know what the joke is there. Yeah. That one, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. If from the Third Strike era, who do I want to see come back in? Oof, Makoto, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of Makoto fans out there. Ibuki is already in there. Uh, Bring Alina back. She's I, cute. I know Sakura is gonna come back because she was actually been mentioned a lot in the story. Really? Yeah. She, I mean, but she existed in four. Like, yeah, dude, true. give yeah. give us a grown up Sakura. Yeah, yeah. Like, like maybe. Actual. Make her fireball bigger, okay? She's she's a big See, girl. Casual now. Sakura, like not in the school outfit, you know, like jeans and casual shirt and all that. Like really, like teeny bopper Sakura. Uh, that might be interesting. Be cool. Yeah, yeah. She can fight. She can finally move for free without you know having to worry about upskirts and shit. Well, oh, come on. Problems. Dude, she's wearing bloomers. She's fine. Good points. Good points. But, okay, how about this? How fun would it be if we could get some of the EX people, like Skullomania? I would like that. Um, that I'm or Pulum. <laughs> I'm holding out for Skullomania or Garuda, but I know that's not going to happen. Because Arika, Arika will yes. not give them characters or something. They may not. They may not. Eh, I mean, okay, then maybe from Street Fighter Law. You know who I want to see? Who? Finally in Street Fighter Five. Just do it. Just make a fucking character named Shenlong. <laughs> Get that out of the way forever. <laughs> okay. okay, people have been fucked over that character name and the mistranslation for the last 90 years as the ultimate in-joke. <laughs> well, look, we have announced Shenlong. The fuck? <laughs> like, I am the first dragon puncher. <laughs> you know, I can imagine him like a Gordon Liu character. Mm-hmm. You know, with the long... Uh, basically Gen, but even more Chinese. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> Or hey, if you want, fucking Gotetsu. Oh yeah, yeah, Gotetsu. Yes. But then it, it wouldn't make sense because like Goken and like Akuma, like he is their master. Yeah, like, but he should be a bit dead by then anyway. Probably, or maybe with the power of maybe uh, reborn as a boss character. Or like, with the power of the Dark Hado, he's still around. Yeah, who 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 else would be awesome in this game? Uh, Eagle. Eagle's oh yeah, Eagle. Eagle's Eagle. only been in Street Fighter 1 yep. and in like Capcom vs. SNK. One of the very few gay characters in fighting games. Zangief's also apparently gay. I'm not sure about that. They never mentioned his sexual orientation. I think it but, was um, kind of highlighted by... Uh, I gotta read it again. Uh, Whatever like, comic that you've seen. It's said. not in the comic. I think it was Maximilian Dude. He, he pointed it out that if you play uh, CVS, when Eagle and Zangief are fighting against each other, they both spin. Yep. And that's like kind of like a secret not to like, oh, both of them oh, are... Oh, like a twirl. Okay. okay. Yeah, so Gang- Zangief will do the lariat and then Eagle will do his spin move with the sticks uh, okay, up. Okay, that's cool. So it's like, that, oh. That, that's a nice little touch. So it was not really confirmed, but then I think he's predisposed towards... Yeah. I think uh, the only other gay fighter that I know is uh, Kung Jin, uh, the guy from Mortal Kombat 10. Uh, and also basically uh, the cheapest motherfucker in the game before they patched it and Venom from Guilty Gear Venom from uh, Guilty yes, Gear yes, yes, yes. kind of that. confirmed yeah, yeah. as being yes, yes. a man who likes other men Hence, there you go. and he's blind and uh, he fights yes. with a pool cue yeah yeah <laughs> he will own the shit out of you why are we talking about this <laughs> it, it, it's points to ponder but anyway that's possibly, possibly the characters we want I mean I still want Maki and Solon uh, okay who do you not want to come back 
Uh, I don't want another Shoto character to come back, that's all. Not even Sean? Not even. To even bridge the gap to Actually, the strike? Actually, you know what? Sean is an exception. If they bring back second impact Sean, I'll be happy. Really? Yeah. With the three hit uppercut? Yes. Mm. One, two, and then pow, right on the ground. Hey, that's a damn cool move, right? But very useless. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, he actually has uses in the second impact, if I recall. I mean, it, it's good for combo finishing combos, but he was a top tier character before they nerfed him in third strike, right? Yeah, he. I wouldn't say top tier, but I would say yeah, he he was definitely top of the middle tier. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's got the, that move, his kick that actually goes over fireballs if someone were to spam. Basically, he was like a kill parody if mm. you think about it that way. Yeah, exactly. Or like a Shingo Yabuki parody. Yeah. But Except Shingo, you know, Shingo hits fucking hard actually for a mid-range character. But the, that random critical hit kind of made him a bit unplayable random, in tournament. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, I, like I say again, who? Okay, I'll I'll start. You know who I don't want to come back who? ever? Fuck Blanca. <laughs> okay. We're done. Okay, we don't need that. We don't need him anymore. Okay, move on. <laughs> Let, can we move on from the fact? Yes, he he's baby's first like online charge character. Charge character like you'll you'll win with him because it's very hard to react online to fireballs and yeah. shit. I mean, not, not to Blanca balls. My Blanca bad. balls. Blanca yeah, okay. Balls. But we don't need we don't need him to come back. We are fine. He found his mother in Street Fighter Two. Okay, Jimmy, Happy leave ending, leave us alone. Okay, no more Blancas. Yeah. And also number one, I do not want Gen. Why not? Why not? Why not? Okay, we. I am done with characters that you have to learn in order to fight. Like him, like characters like El Fuerte. Like you'll be rocking fucking one character, and you'll be fighting lots of Ryu's and Nashes, and then you go online, you fight the one guy who's really good again. Like oh god, now I need to learn this character too. <laughs> Oh my god, I mean like shout outs to Sien for like, you know, winning evil with Gen because nobody bothered to learn Gen. Yeah. <laughs> Literally that's the only I, I not, nothing against his skill. But seriously, if the if the rest of the world knew how to use Gen and play Gen, he wouldn't have won even that year. You know? <laughs> Gimmicks, come on. Okay. And probably who hasn't come back, huh? From the original oh, eight, everybody from the original eight is kind of back. Okay, Honda. Okay, Honda. Nah, no, don't really need it. Do we really need a Honda? Not really, no. But that'll make my arrow happy, though. Oh yeah, that would, that would, that would, yeah. And then we have to nerf him again. <laughs> I think that's quite a lot of fighting games we've talked for the time. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so. I think there's. I don't know. I think that's about it that I want to talk. Okay, maybe a Crash Bandicoot reboot. But what's that to say? I mean. Okay, we're, we're still really talking good. about the PSX. Okay, <laughs> XX, we, right. <laughs> we rambled a bit, you know, we Quite went off topic. Lot, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yes, we're fighting games fans, but we're also games fans. Yeah, yeah so totally, totally. They I mean, announced those are the two highlights for us, but for the miscellaneous stuff, I mean, there's a Last of Us Part 2. That looked really cool. You're a fan? Yeah, it's good, it's good. I'm just happy to see how it progressed, but. I actually liked how the first game ended. Didn't the father, the dude, guide? I, I, I never no, played he it. He did not. He didn't die, right? In fact, in the trailer that in in the trailer that you've seen for last the last of us episode uh part two he joel's actually there he actually is talking to him now grown up ellie oh really and stuff happens and then you know it's it's just cryptic you know it's obviously as a teaser you don't show gameplay so it's just cryptic or maybe he could be like a ghostly obi-wan who follows her around maybe maybe you know so she's all grown up now yeah 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 and joel and joel yeah i think he looks about the same age but we don't see his face Mm. Okay, we can see, like, but you hear his voice or something. Voice, but you don't see his face. Now, uh, one 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 game that I'm actually hyped up about among all the other games that were announced. Yep. 
Okay, actually two. Well, Windjammers is one of them. What? I mean, it's a, it's a cool sports game. This is not a new game, bro. It's like yeah, a, it's a new old game. Okay, it's, it's a 16. It's not even a remaster. It's gonna be still the same shitty 16-bit graphics, upresed on your 4K good. TV. <laughs> it look good. I, that's one of those underrated sports uh, classics. On next a, to to Star Sprites. On, oh, stop it! <laughs> on, on a PS4 with the eight-frame lag, Windjammers might be not the fun game you remembered perhaps, it to perhaps. be. But the other game is uh, the Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy. Another remaster, re-release. It's a, re- it's a graphic remaster, but they changed the graphics, everything. The levels have checkpoints now. Uh, you can now use analog control. It's Noobs. A control. <laughs> and I think that's about it. It's like the three games. Uh, These are the ones Dog. that got your attention. Yeah, all of them. Uh, the one that got my attention was probably... Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the second game among all the three of them. But this collection is one that I was like, you know what? This is something I could get by, you know? Well, I mean, you are a PS4 owner, and I've been saying for every f- uh, since the very first episode, I have yet to buy any console from this generation. Yeah, I'm a PlayStation guy. I mean, in a sense, so uh, I do like the old Crash Bandicoots back in the day. So seeing I, this I mean, is I a fun. no-brainer. I, I mean, again, if I buy this, there's a chance that Sony or Naughty Dog might do a more, a bigger follow-up. You know, another Crash Bandicoot game, but okay. more not not like a remastered and entirely brand new game. Mm, okay, so uh, how about this? Before we wrap it up, I want to bring up one thing. What? There's going to be a Yakuza game, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a Yakuza 6 and there's a Yakuza. The Yakuza, Yakuza 1 remake. Mm, I want to play that. Uh, but the thing is, Yakuza 6, when was the English translation going to be uh, coming out? Next two years, 2018. Fuck me. <laughs> but by the time this Good thing I speak Japanese, yeah, I'll just buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the time this podcast is over, um, yeah, it's already out in stores in Japanese. Yeah, definitely. So, hey, for you, all you Yakuza fans, now, one thing I also need to talk about, and I think everybody's probably wondering our opinion on this. Ooh. Death Stranding. I don't know what the fuck that is. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just wait till Kojima shows me an actual game, alright? I mean, these, these cutscenes look really interesting. Yeah. Did you see the, the video where, like, they have Guillermo del Toro? I just saw, like, a few seconds <laughs> of it. like, okay. What okay. the fuck is this about? Okay. And you know the the most annoying thing? What? All the all the Kojima fanboys, yeah, fuck Konami man, yeah, like this shit's happening. Woo! What, what is this shit? Why are you happy? We have no idea what this is about. <laughs> it's a mystery box, apparently. Norman Reedus is in it. He's naked. He's holding babies. That shouldn't be appealing to anybody. And that strand <laughs> is some sort of phenomenon involving like beach whales and fishes and whatnot, right? I don't know, man. I mean, like... Uh, the, I want to see gameplay for this, but nothing. There's nothing about this. I've been saying this since the Metal Gear episode, man. Ko- Kojima's up his own ass way too much, okay? Yeah. And with so much liberty at his, at his own table, yeah, he can do whatever the fuck he likes. Now. But this is literally Sony just bankrolling him and his own production company, yeah, right? Kojima much. Productions, and okay, okay. Shoutouts to him for just creating Metal Gear One and Two. Two is still my favorite. Three, four, five. Okay, and of course Metal Gear Survive, not done by him, but that's on the horizon also. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, do you think Kojima is finally come to that Kanye West point where he's kind of lost touch with what the fans want? He was or- there since Metal Gear Solid Five. You say five? <laughs> okay, maybe beforehand. I say before three. That. I say around three is when like, okay, he's getting full of okay, himself. Okay, maybe part four. Maybe part four for me. Part four? No, when I think about it, with the, part, with there was so many cutscenes. Yes, the obnoxious amount of cutscenes in part four. Like, okay, Kojima, I get it. You want to make yeah. movies. Yeah. All right. No, but like... Yeah, he's cool and all, but yeah, let's just forget about him for now. Until we see actual gameplay, we... Again, we're like, huh? What? 
Okay, you so know? sure. Cool. Good, good. Norman right. Reedus is in it. Keep it at it, keep it at it. Let Sony throw more money at you. Hey, Kojima. Yeah, okay. Just make a game. Stop, stop giving us things that... Oh, uh, man. I mean, I, yeah, maybe he's trolling. Maybe he's Kojima being Kojima. So, yeah. But still, all right. You know, I mean, he's got Guillermo del Toro on board. So hey, there's Hollywood money there too somewhere. All right, so that's it for the show. I think we've talked quite a bit about what we've actually liked and enjoyed watching at that PlayStation Experience show. It was an experience. It was definitely, definitely. You want to mention VR? Nah. Oh, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm fine, you know. Outlook mm. not so good. I'm really tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for the show today. This is your host, Mr. Tuffy. And this is your co-host. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Last King Podcast. Tweet to us at Last King Podcast and come to the website, thelastking.net. And with that, insert noise. <laughs> <laughs>